isn't all of life a podcast aren't we always rolling i've been listening to an album by hozier mm-hmm. uh, which was released last year in 2019 again oddly prophetic wasteland baby yeah. and he's oddly excited about going into the wasteland or that's how i interpreted the title but i i feel like none of us are really surprised with album titles and movie themes all predicting apocalypse adjacent scenarios for long enough like no none of us like are really like yeah i mean it's bad that is happening and yeah. maybe it's happening a little earlier than we expected like you know yeah. uh, like when you're sitting in the classroom waiting for the teacher to come in and she arrives like 10 minutes before class is supposed to start so you're surprised but not that much yeah because your teacher was going to come in anyway <laughs> it was bound to happen <laughs> Yeah. I mean you, your heart still fills with terror because you haven't done the homework and you're not prepared. Yeah. <laughs> you're not surprised. Which sort of uh, informs our podcast this week because uh we are we have not done our homework entirely and we're going to push it forward since we can since it's self assigned homework so we're going to move that forward for the next week hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and we can talk about what we're excited about right now <laughs> okay let, let me think about that for a little bit because i i really wonder if i'm excited about anything right now <laughs> okay i'm excited i am super excited i watched hamilton again just a few minutes ago just like a uh, uh, like a few minutes before we started recording and i'm super mm-hmm. excited like every time I have my notes and mm-hmm. I have my full script of Hamilton right next to me. I can show it to you over here. Yeah. Like the full script. And mm-hmm. I have my two pages nice. of notes and all that kind of stuff. So I'm all ready for this. All right. I am completely unprepared but let's do it anyway. <laughs> that that that's absolutely fine. I feel like we have heard Hamilton enough and mm-hmm. now I have seen it twice by now. Yeah. So I think I should be able to remember a lot of things and I sh- I hopefully I will be as my memory gets jogged as we discuss hopefully I'll be able to come up with things yeah and as much as you don't like me breaking the illusion of the audience listener paradigm but uh, we have recorded this podcast before we have talked about hamilton in great detail but <laughs> because of technical issues we have had to scrap that for now and uh, i don't know what like whatever you say this is still going in the podcast this time you're not supposed to tell them that you know i was wondering just just indulging our apocalyptic brains a little bit more um like i was thinking about this a while back uh, you know how i told you a few days ago when we were talking of how i was um, like when the lockdowns began like i was playing a video game because yeah. i had some free time and the video mm-hmm. game i chose to play was a game called dying light and um, it, it, it was okay. this incredibly realistic um, zombie apocalypse game where you're supposed to you're basically running like uh, not like other zombie games where you're where you have like a machete and a chainsaw and you can just do whatever you want but in this one you were like literally scared yeah. because you had nothing it was very realistic like you just had to keep running away from them as much as you can and 
Yeah. And like, especially with the story elements of it and all of that stuff, it got so real because it was, it, it felt really scary with all the, you know, the CDC stuff that was going on in there. And they were like, oh, we need to find a cure. And with that, and there's like other happening and there's like gang wars and stuff and I was like no this is way too real for like what is happening right now it's a great game but probably yep. not the right best time to play it right now so mm-hmm. and, but I was thinking about just zombie uh, media in general like games and films and television shows and books and stuff like that and you know the, the mm-hmm. this is sort of based on current experiences I guess for everyone but um, I think it, it it indulges when you're watching something like The Walking Dead or something it sort of indulges this um, part of your brain which is very sort of um, which is like a, the, the brain of a survivalist where you are yeah. constantly thinking of oh if this happens tomorrow what am I going to do like like for now like as we speak uh, it's midnight so like the lockdown has started again in my city uh, for a few days so it, it, like the the last two three days I've been spending thinking okay this is the stuff that I need to get done and this is the stuff that I need to buy this is the stuff that I need to get prepared um this is the amount of water i need to store and things like that and it sort of um satisfies your brain in the same kind of scenario where you when you're watching the walking dead for example you're imagining of all of these scenarios where if all of the again coming back to what we were saying uh, before we started rolling um where you have order and you you are sort of imagining um if order does break down, what would you do in that kind of a scenario? And I think that uh, like zombie, the genre of films and television and everything just sort of satisfies that part of your brain. It scratches that itch of, you know, yeah. uh, oh, this is the kind of stuff yeah. that could happen. And this is how I would do or I, how I would deal with it. And it's happening to a very mild unexciting um extremely dreary and dull um way for everyone where it's like a slow moving apocalypse where you know there's yep. there's no um and i'm 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 glad that it isn't more adventurous than it is right now but um <laughs> essentially uh it, it feels like that kind of a scenario where, you know, everything's just happening at a slow pace, but it's still sort of giving you a sense of how things could go wrong or right, or these are the issues that we would have. So if there were a bigger problem yeah. in the future, um, but if it does happen, we sort of know what are the pitfalls and we can sort of hopefully deal with it better. Yeah. I mean, in one sense, like, I guess a lot of people have commented on this, is that as far as viruses go, like, this could be more deadly, hmm. right? Uh, so that's that's a good thing, in a weird way. But um, the this, I, I, I like the way you described it, like, it scratches a, an itch in your brain. Mm-hmm. It's like a survivalist itch, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know why everyone has it or I don't even know if everyone has it first of all hmm. it it might seem so from the fact like these games are really popular and although I have never been a fan of these video games so much yeah I feel like 
I have that itch as well. It just manifests a little differently in my brain. Where for me, I think about like rather than zombie survival games, I have tried playing games which are just like, you know, you're lost in the forest and they're kind of more puzzle oriented or they're more uh, like creativity sided games mm-hmm. where you have to be creative and use the stuff around you. But I think the best way that I prefer to think about it is um, it comes out really strongly when I'm packing, when I'm traveling. Hmm. Because when I think of traveling, like this is sort of where my brain goes that I can only take one or two bags. I don't have a lot of ability to carry things, mm-hmm. but I still need to ensure that I have enough stuff with me right. that, you know, I don't get sick or if I do get sick, I am well prepared in all of different scenarios. Yeah. And I guess that's part of the reason that I like to travel because you every, every time you travel, you have to think about it. Otherwise, in your house, generally you have everything. You have medicine, you have food, you have, you know, you, you don't have to worry about the next 24 hours, whether maybe you find something to eat or not. I mean, yeah, I think uh, like this survivalist itch is quite strong. I am curious whether everyone has it and... Maybe if someone's listening to this podcast, uh, you could let us know in the comments if you're listening on YouTube or just somehow get a message to us. <laughs> send us a send us a pigeon. Yeah, by carrier pigeon. Yeah, perfect. But on a on a slightly different note, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that electronic messages are virus proof. Which is a good thing. Hmm. But how, how good of an idea do you think it would be to actually use carrier pigeons at this moment? I mean, the time factor is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps you might you might transfer some other viruses, but maybe not. Also, I, I must say, I, I have to go on record and say I detest pigeons in general as, as an animal. I don't find them that irritating. I find them extremely irritating. I find them annoying beyond extent, uh, beyond all sort of rational thought. And I think that they are horrible, horrible, horrible flying rats. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> you know what has happened? You've sucked me into this, um, like this detour of conversation when I had actually created a perfect segue <laughs> into our main topic for today. And I, and I, and I do not appreciate that happening. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> You're the one who's supposed to keep us on track. And my purpose is to deviate you. So between the two of us, we managed to find something that like goes somewhat organizedly, but it's still a little off. So kilter. basically, if we ever go out hiking again, it would be, I'm trying to pull you onto a trail and you're like, no, I'm going to go and look at that little pigeon and tell it, you know, give it my peace of mind. And you're just going to, you know, run at it and I'm going to be pulling you back onto the trail. And then what ends up happening is that you don't get to uh, talk to your pigeon as much and we still get lost in the woods. But it's fine because we've learned how to be survivalists. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And even if we do get lost in the woods, we will survive. (laughs) I think an analogy for this 
maybe a slightly better one would be that you know like you're trying to prepare some dish you're making something and you're following the recipe mm-hmm. you know you're adding exactly the precise amounts measuring the weight and volumes and everything and i just walk by and drop some stuff in the <laughs> pot that i have no idea what it's going to do yeah something something random like your phone <laughs> you just drop your phone in my pot <laughs> no not that random it's still food it's still going to be tasty but in a different way than you previously expected it to anyway <laughs> you you've done it again because i was going to use that trail and track <laughs> analogy <laughs> i was going to use that track analogy to come back to the fact that we are talking about music <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this whole episode is going to be a, a a conversational tug of war. Yeah, just just as meandering about. <laughs> That's my favorite way of going anywhere. But coming coming to our uh main topic for today. Yes. Which is Hamilton because it's finally out on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It's there except in Sweden. which i found out yesterday that disney plus is not available in sweden until middle of september and i don't know maybe this episode will go up in the middle of september <laughs> so maybe it's it doesn't make sense to say it's not out but as of recording it is not out in sweden so i had to use a vpn to watch it but it's out on disney plus and yeah. both of us are very happy yes uh so let's let's talk hamilton because i think for just a little bit of background uh you introduced me to this play back in this musical sorry mm-hmm. back in i don't know 2 3 years ago i forget yeah but yeah i think you just mentioned like hey check it out there's something about a guy named alexander hamilton and mm-hmm. then i i heard the first song which was really catchy and i liked it but i didn't like the rest of the songs until a few months later i heard it again and i liked it a lot and both of us are really crazy about this musical to the point that you next you have a book of printed out lyrics next to you and two pages of notes yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> so let's go <laughs> So I I'm just going to go again a little bit of background on my end um a long time ago and this is like a really long time ago this was in 2009 um when um on some online some forum or somewhere on the internet I found a link to a video um of this guy singing um like a poet and he was rapping in the white house for some event that they were doing 2009 okay this video is from and i i i'd watched it like just uh, at the time of when it really got popular uh this this video this video went viral and i mean viral not in the sense that it has become today viral as in uh the the term viral for 2009 was basically anything with over 10000 views and this had like 100000 or something or thereabouts and when i saw it it was really interesting and i don't know why but it really just caught me because maybe it was my entire phase where i was just super into rap and i was super into mnm and I, like i was just completely obsessed with hip hop um just at least right. in terms of music wait but this is back in school right 
yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is very very early. This is like uh, uh, just the time where I was just getting into Eminem, and like again, two thousand nine. I was like thirteen years old or something, thirteen or fourteen maybe, and um, mm-hmm. I I just heard, saw this one video and I was like, yeah, this is this is very cool. This is like a a story of the school guy and uh, that was actually posted on Lynn Manuel Miranda who was the singer um this was posted on yeah. his youtube account um and um it, it was just like if you go back to that video right now which i did today but just to sort of get some research done um i went to his website mm-hmm. and it's under the name of asnavi or usnavi uh, which was the name of his character from his previous play uh, in the heights the, his mm-hmm. musical and um yeah so it's just the the title is very generic it says the hamilton mixtape dot 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 the white house premiere and it's just him there and he introduces it as a concept album and um where so again the entire idea has changed since then it went from being a concept hip hop album to being this cultural phenomenon of a musical uh, on broadway and so it was this entire thing and there were moments where i saw laughter like i remember when um, the way the lyrics goes there's an introduction of the main character from a different character's perspective um and when this when the main guy comes in and uh, when you know the line goes what's your name man alexander hamilton and at that point there was a huge uproar of laughter there was just everyone was just going just laughing because again the idea was so novel back then of the story of a a founding father of america from the 18th century being told in the form of uh, rap of hip hop was so new and so weird and quirky that it was just it, like that was the logical response and i'm pretty sure i laughed back then and um it was interesting but it it just sort of caught me and it was there in the back of my mind and then a few years later and i mean like around 2013 14ish i think so this is around the time that we went out of our high school and things like that and when i saw another video again in the white house and this time it was a, a bigger group and they were all performing a song um, from hamilton and at this point it had become a play it had gone on to broadway and i had sort of just blocked it out in my head like i had i remembered the music i remembered the lyrics i remembered the concept but i did not remember that oh there was going to be a concept album so i never really sort of waited out with my bated breath to like hear that album but um i saw that video and it was again in the white house it was in front of barack obama but this was uh like near the end of his second term or like somewhere in his second term and uh this time the response was just applause like when he says alexander hamilton there was just applause because at this point it had sort of been um normalized to a certain extent and people had seen the real potential of something where it was not just like a parody video it was not just some 
SNL sketch. It was something much, much bigger. And that's when I sort of took right. notice again and I seeked it out and I found the entire album. So it did come out as an album, but essentially it was a, it was a play or uh, it was a musical on Broadway and uh, they did a, re- a full recording session of the entire thing. So you can listen to it, which is incredible because not everyone can go to New York and to Broadway and watch it happen. But now you can. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And I think the I mean, I honestly I've enjoyed the experience of having not seen it for some time. And just listening to the music for a for a really really long time mm-hmm. because it's helped me sort of find such small nuances within the music because there's so much there, and then now that I, I mean, I feel like even after so many listens over so long, I would have to say at least two years, I still keep finding funny new things like observations about the lyrics about the characters singing those words and stuff like that that i have really enjoyed that entire process of listening to it and now that is visually available mm. i am now enjoying the process of discovering stuff in the visual side of of the musical because obviously a musical is an audio visual experience where the visual component is i would say more prominent and more important to a certain extent and uh it's it's been nice to to sort of have that to uh, to have those two sides of the coin mm-hmm. where i can now i'm really comfortable with the lyrics and the sort of puns and i i know the the jokes within them yeah where now i can pay attention to the characters and i'm able to sort of enjoy it more because i'm i know what's happening mm-hmm. but at the same time i can observe people in the background people's expressions which obviously i never heard mm-hmm. or I, i never knew about yeah so i am i'm really enjoying this and i all, i'm not sure but correct me if i'm wrong i think this is the first time such a thing has been done right because previously movies were made of musicals but they were adaptations and in this case they have just filmed the musical on stage as it is performed this is uh, quite common actually it's been done um, quite a bit like uh, i i think on oh, okay. um on hotstar which is the indian version of disney plus uh, there are a few more teleplays that i have watched myself um and like some indian plays and even like the big ones like uh, phantom of the opera and those ones are like recorded and there's a lot of shakespeare which has been recorded from the west end and things like that so it, it's a fairly regular thing to do but what oh, okay. but what i found really fascinating with the format of this this filming was the fact that uh, it wasn't just the the way other things would have is you just had a single static camera most of the time and you might have like another camera just for like a mid shot just like to see at least who the faces are but uh, in this one you have uh, the way they recorded it was they recorded it over 3 days they had two live performances where with an actual audience and they had one day of shoot without the audience where uh, it it was like a day off but they actually got a camera and went up 
close and got like these close up shots and because these guys are so well rehearsed they like everything just flows perfectly from one shot from one day to the other and it's incredible um and before we get into the the content of it i just want to address the platform or the format of the the musical because it, 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 i think it's the one thing that really sets it apart and which really brings it out to uh, such a big audience because you know like the way so there's this thing in art where you have low art and high art where uh, something like um you know something like your dali and uh, picasso and uh, you know monet and these kinds of things are high art uh, shakespeare is high art uh, at least in today's day again shakespeare is a different topic we can get into some other time but uh, all the the theater in in itself um, though it might have started out as a form of low art it it has become a high art kind of thing something that's prestigious broadway and west end have this um, sort of air of opulence and sort of richness and wealth and it's it's not the kind of place like a movie theater is something somewhere anyone can go and watch a film or you can go and yeah. Uh, you can listen to music so most of music is sort of low art but uh, you know you have theater which is still especially broadway which is like the most prestigious of all theater um uh, uh, yeah. for for the western world and uh, you have um hip hop which was a street art from like the lowest of arts i i mean just in technical terms i don't mean it's not like a qualification of merit it's just a classification um yeah because honestly like hip hop is incredible and that sort of proves uh, this thing but you know uh, with hamilton what what has been managed is sort of a blending of um, the low art and the high art to get something that caters to everyone while you know when when i first had the concept that it was turned into a musical it was like it's going to alienate the hip hop audience because they're going to be like oh they've turned this into a highbrow thing and it's going to alienate mm-hmm. the the people who go to theater and be like oh why have you brought hip hop here because it doesn't belong here because it's supposed to be on the streets but it yeah. it ended up somehow uniting everyone on the same front where everyone just appreciated um every part of it so much that it like after uh, and like this happens when anyone listens to it for the first song maybe or maybe the first few verses uh it's mm-hmm. a little weird there's a little bit of a disconcerting feeling but after that once it's yeah. gone you just completely just surrender yourself to uh the music and the lyrics and just the performance and everything yeah i i agree that there is that little bit of barrier because i felt it the first time i heard like i heard the first song i enjoyed it immensely i really liked it mm-hmm. but then when i heard the second or the third song it it felt a little weird to me partly because um like i had seen like a musical or two before and i didn't really like the format especially mm-hmm. the formats where um where in the musical like almost everything is sung where yeah. everything is has has sort of like a tune to it and people don't really have normal conversations you know mm-hmm. uh, and that was the and the previous musicals that i had seen with such a similar theme were kind of weird 
and I thought it, this one was a little weird in the same way when I heard something like um, like the second song or mm-hmm. like the song that introduces the Skylar sisters there I it felt very grating to listen to it was just yeah. so weird because I felt like you sh- shouldn't you be saying this stuff instead of singing this stuff but mm. like you said uh, once I gave it a little bit of time it has now really become something that I enjoy listening to like as a song they're really nice each of yeah. them and there's now I'm able to see a lot more sort of connections between different songs between mm. different lines that the characters say and how they kind of bounce off each other the significance yeah. of one person saying the same thing whereas another person saying the same thing it's 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 starting to become more apparent to me as time goes on yeah and it and it's because of that suspension of disbelief that you get in the first song itself or like in the very beginning of your experience you actually are afforded a lot more flexibility in your um in your presentation of the thing so you can have jokes you can have winks you can have uh you know puns you can have fourth wall breaks without ever disconcerting the audience because you already have told them that you're telling a story where there is no expectation like for example if you were to watch Les Miserables on on stage you because of the air of authenticity and realism that it creates um you are even though the people are singing of course you you would expect them to yeah. have uh, like you almost as if you are watching the revolution happening in front of you but the French revolution but with Hamilton yeah. what happens is that because that uh, that air of um, authenticity is broken from the very beginning um, every decision that it takes um, sort of helps it go forward and do experimental things which work for it mm-hmm. And also, it's almost sort of like a, um, it's a confluence of a few things that just sort of happen to work incredibly well together. Like the fact that, um, you know, the fact that Hamilton was known for um, being extremely, you know, vocal, extremely like speaking uh, his mind, uh, writing nonstop and, you know, Mm -hmm. like just being extremely... um, eloquent and doing all of that stuff and for that kind of a personality along with the um, at least like again all of my knowledge for Hamilton comes from uh, the play and the surrounding research that I've done mostly just Wikipedia and like other sources but um, like the kind of personality that he had this uh, thing of wanting to prove himself that kind of a drive uh, which sort of comes out um in sort of rants and it comes out in these long speeches and long things that he wrote and I think rap or just hip hop is like a perfect um, tool for that uh, sort of that way of expressing yourself yeah I particularly like the fact like what you were saying a little bit earlier about the high art low art combination where especially like rap is really rebellious it is it's come up from a place of like creativity and rebellion and even like i mean that's that's the kind of theme that you've seen in like with stories of 
art rap artists and yeah. it's also kind of been represented recently with gully boy and stuff like that in india as well where you have mm-hmm. like rap is another way of sort of rebelling and it's poetry and it's really really nice so i find that really uh, really well done with the mm-hmm. way rap is used or in general hip hop is used to talk yeah. about the american revolution which was inherently a rebellion against the empire yeah yeah uh, so i it's really nice at the same time like you said with theater there are enough sort of i think components i i absolutely have no idea about classical theater but i'm going to assume because it was popular as a broadway show i think there are enough components that you know hardcore theater fans were not alienated that there was enough there that for it to work as a broadway play yeah. so i mean it's it's really really cool um, there are like <laughs> i just realized on my recent viewing where uh, i think there are three songs by king george right yeah and yeah in the first one in the first one when he comes on stage um, he's singing about like it's it's kind of like a breakup song with a super super evil tone mm-hmm. to it where he's like I'll send a fully armed battalion to mm. remind you of my love but then when he's at the end of the song he says everybody and it sounds like a very musical e thing to do where you yeah. have everybody <laughs> singing uh, but it's also a king demanding mm-hmm. yeah. everyone to sing and everyone sings with him you know mm-hmm. he commands it and it is done and i think in the second song which happens after the war is won uh that he's singing and his lines are something of the sort where he says now you are on your own and he's saying mm-hmm. it to the newly independent american uh states and he's mm-hmm. saying you're on your own but by the time he finishes singing he looks around he realizes he's singing on his own mm-hmm. i found that really nice that was particularly humorous mm-hmm. <laughs> and i mean that's where i feel like they've really uh, they've really used these sort of visual cues and audio cues like combined together I'm going to jump around all over the place because do like, it. <laughs> I'm going to pull examples of across the timeline of the play but at the end of the song uh, at the end of the play uh, I keep saying play but please hear me say musical every time I say play I'm sorry about that uh, but in one of the last songs Hamilton is talking about uh death he 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 has this line which he says a couple of times through the song I imagine death so much it feels more like a memory and then in this one the words go there is no beat there is no melody and when he says it he draws your attention to the fact that at that moment when he's saying those words out there is no music playing there's no beat when generally throughout the song there's some some beat to give you some sort of tempo or there's some music in the background even if it's just like a few chords or something yeah and he 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 sort of takes you in and out of that play in that moment mm-hmm. and he's still talking about death he's still he's still talking about something which is like a sort of bubble in time when he's addressing sort of his thoughts to the audience but it's so well crafted that it from and it's it's just enough that it takes you out that it reminds you oh there's no beat there's no music there's nothing right now it's super quiet 
and then the action resumes again and you're simply pulled back in and it's like you never left it's incredible and i have called this uh, a masterpiece a lot of times and um it, it's it's genuinely uh like as somebody who thinks a lot about story structures and film and forms and formats and just storytelling and all that stuff and audio visual mediums especially um i have always uh i have this might be a bit of an overstatement but not by a lot uh that i think this is one of the best um audio visual um pieces of like materials ever created like it's really high up there with all the sort of milestones and all the legendary films and theater and literature everything that we have it's really going to be like it, it's it's honestly a modern classic and it's because it's so timely yet so timeless and something that i have uh, been like the more recent readings and stuff that i'm doing i am realizing more of the point is not the fact that this is a this is the narrative of this person but it's more about the story being told itself is sort of the art the art is not just uh, this incredibly well written uh, composed performed musical but it's also the fact that we are participating in that because we get the jokes like when uh, king george another example that you had pointed out uh, when king george mentions um uh, algo mad he is he is you know he's telling you he's directly uh, telling you that you know he's he's basically going to be called mad king george for the rest of his life and you know like these kinds of inside jokes or even when they break the fourth wall the entire concept is uh the 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 that you know who lives who dies who tells your story and uh that sort of starts from the very beginning uh from the first line like the first lines of the play are by aaron burr the guy who kills uh the protagonist alexander hamilton and again this is not a spoiler but like i i i i think you should know by now that this is going to be completely filled with spoilers i think what what's really kind of cool about this particular one is that the narrator is a character within within the story itself hmm. and not just that he's also the antagonist or yeah. supposedly he is the primary antagonist hmm. and it's i mean that the way they've kind of built it up is is really nice because then the narrator has a conversation with the audience but the hmm. character has a conversation with other characters and as a result he's able to switch in and out and he can he can sort of relay communication between the two sort of realms Mm-hmm. of reality where one where the audience exists and one where the story is happening yeah and he he flits back and forth between the two which i think is really cool and for me the first song the where he in the beginning of in the beginning of the musical he confesses that he's the person who kills the protagonist he's the person who kills the main character of the story mm-hmm. and 
I feel like that's a really nice hook. That's really nice uh, way of pulling people in just to get them wondering like, hey, hold up, what's what's going on? I mean, this mm-hmm. guy's telling me the story, so I feel I feel connected to him because he's talking to me. Everyone else is talking to each other. But then he's also saying that he killed the guy. And I mean, I remember like my uh, English teachers telling us like, you know, you you have to you have to have a good hook when you're writing an yeah, essay, yeah. for example. Right. And I feel like that that first song is an amazing hook just to pull you in slowly, really in until you forget that. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, this is the guy who killed him, you know, the, the main guy. And I, I, I love that bit. Uh, yeah I think you were getting at the same thing where you know it gets at the fact that you know you're gonna see how it ended up being this way because the first time they meet you know that this guy is gonna kill this other guy but when they meet for the first time in the second song uh, like they're they're talking to each other and they're talking to each other fairly cordially uh, a little formally but cordially yeah. and they're they're being good to each other and you're like wait like what is gonna end up happening so you again as you said you you have that hook but also what i think it ends up doing which i think is the sort of uh, uh, for me is the more satisfying part is the fact that you, as the narrator we automatically sympathize with or empathize with that character but then you know that the story is o- about this other guy so you are obviously empathizing with him because it's his story most of the time but you also uh, so you don't have this clean black and white thing of uh, this guy is the villain so he has like no place you have no respect for that guy here you can see his uh, internal um, structure his internal his mind working and him sort of finding his morality everywhere and you see so you are sort of made to question where you uh, on whose side you are though there is a clear bias there uh, but you at least have an inkling of what the other person was thinking of and you're not completely just relegating him to be like your uh, you know like your archetypal villain where he, he still has a lot of character and you see a lot of similarities between both of them and you still see the differences in them and which is incredibly well executed and is incredibly well written I mean the 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 details are amazing. I am not arguing with you there. They are beautifully placed in, and they're like they're nuggets that pay off across different songs at different points mm-hmm. in the story, and yeah. it's hard to get it on the first go. It's hard to get it even on the third or the fifth listen. And honestly, yeah. there's still stuff that I don't know about, partly because. I mean, I guess we haven't come from that background where we just don't know those references. Like, yeah. uh, for example, I read recently that in in the in the song that uh, when there's an introduction of the three friends of Hamilton, Lawrence Mulligan and mm-hmm. Marquis de Lafayette, the the introduction of uh, Hercules Mulligan, there is a lot a lot to unpack in like two little lines yeah and this is like i found again this on that on the website with the lyric stuff but this is like uh lin-manuel miranda described it where he he broke down the composition where he also mm-hmm. talked about how he's used uh, lyrics from different parts he's talked about like for example when when at one point hamilton says my uh, I'm only 19, but my mind is older. 
apparently that comes from a mob deep song and mm. that's a reference calling back to a song which again you and i at least as far as i know we don't have any we don't have any connection to we are not yeah. like there's no reference for us and so i'm sure there are a lot of references that are typically sort of american or related to hip hop that we just don't know about but still the stuff that we do come across is is so mind blowing it's, it's so intricately woven right mm-hmm. that i mean it's it, i i don't know i'm and I'm, i'm losing words where like in the in the song my shot they're talking about i'm not going to throw away my shot where they they're talking sort of about seizing the chance that they have yeah metaphorical shot well also literal shots because they're drinking shots as they sing yeah, and i yeah. love that bit and also it foreshadows the gun shots which are going to happen later on yes very true mm-hmm. so it's it's all kind of like i don't know i find myself overwhelmed because of yeah the, the layers that that are that need to be sort of talked about and handling all of those at the same time just overloads my brain so yeah it, 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 it's is i think it's it's extremely dense like it's not just that it's it's a lot of words but all of the stuff is extremely dense and it's rooted in a lot of um history because like again this is this is based on a a, a biography of alexander hamilton by ron chernow so it's it's historical things that it's referencing it's referencing current things it's referencing music and like i have no idea about the sort of musical stuff but i have again seen some videos read some stuff about particular motifs being uh, repeated at particular times and how that has like a musical meaning to things and uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just crazy but uh, just to defend my madness and to defend my habit of reading scripts there is one thing that i had noticed just just one thing um at least for now um yeah. the one thing that i had not noticed before because um because i had heard the the music a lot of times but you can't really discern a lot of different voices but in the script it mm-hmm. says the characters names so um okay. there's there's a line in the first song itself um uh, there there's a couple of lines which also brings me to a point which i wanted to discuss which is the fact that they have um dual casting where they have some actors who play yes. multiple roles and they are usually like in the first uh, half in the first act and the second act they're broken that way so it's easier to follow um but also like in the first song itself there's uh, there's there's a few lines there's one line that goes we yeah. fought with him and that line is said by the actor who plays Hercules Mulligan and James Madison and uh, the character and the actor who plays Lafayette and Jefferson and in these cases yep. uh, you uh, at least even when you see it on stage you have just one voice one face one person there but he's he's a stand in for two and this is verified because this is there in uh like a bunch of his interviews and stuff like that where he mentioned that the reason that they were cast that way is for like and it's in the script like it's it's there it was written that way yeah it makes sense so i you noticed know, it on the second go where you yeah. you hear them say i fought with him and 
on one side, you can hear them say it as a person who fought with him during the war. They were on his side. And mm-hmm. the second half is where they fought with him was that they argued against him. And yeah. those are the characters from the second half. And I yeah. think for those bits where the uh, like the characters sort of talk about their relationships with Hamilton, like mm-hmm. me, I fought with him. Those are the characters. Then me, I died for him. Yeah, which that's is John Lawrence, Lawrence and his son. And, and his son, Philip, who yeah. both die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have me, I loved him. And that is said by the three characters who... Well, it is said by the three people who represent mm. characters who at one point or another are in love with Hamilton. Yeah. Especially, especially because when I saw it for the first time, sorry, when I saw it for the first time and I hadn't read the, read the script the first time, uh, like I, I didn't keep it with me like a madman. Uh, when I was watching it for the first time, I was just watching it. I didn't have like the yeah. script next to me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, of course. But the second time I watched it, I did have it next to me, uh, which is when I realized the fact that uh, when the three women sing the line, me, I loved him. It's the three actors, but they are like uh, Angelica loves him a different way Eliza loves him a different way and Peggy loves him a different way she's like confides in him and you know which is the line in the play later but also she the the same actor plays uh, Mariah Reynolds in the second part yeah which is again the more interesting part where she says uh, me I loved him and there is also the other um, again, we're going to keep this child friendly, so we're not going to get into anything. But uh, even the connotation of her saying loved him is possibly very contrived. So, you know, again, like, and because it does that wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of humor throughout, it's incredibly well layered. Like, you know, I don't know. Because he, he keeps doing that every time he, uh, anyone is mentioning anything. Like, there are always at least two layers playing. Like, whenever anyone's having any yeah. conversation, there's at least two layers playing. So, yeah. I, I love the part when uh, when they have a cabinet meeting, which is in the format of a rap battle. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that... Uh, I mean, and this is addressed in, like, a lot of points during the musical but they uh, George Washington says you could have been ladies and gentlemen you could have been anywhere tonight but you're here with us in New York City and if you were watching this musical live as it's meant to be seen you would be in New York City to hear George Washington say it and it's it's really nice because it reminds you you could have been anywhere tonight but you're here in this room in this audience watching this Mm -hmm. musical live and I, I just love these little nods to the fact that not only a lot of things historically happened in New York, that mm. this musical is being performed in New York. Yeah, that allows for a lot more, uh, I don't know, resonance with lines uh, in the other songs like um, How Lucky We Are To Be Alive Right Now and In The Greatest City In mm-hmm. The World and things like that, which would be like I, I'm sure it would mean a lot more when you're actually sitting in New York watching it live yeah and, you know again multiple layers happening man oh man there's there's a lot to unpack and like we have barely scratched the surface like what I will say is that 
just like just drop whatever your plans are for the day just just take two and a half hours of your life out uh like ask a friend for your for, for their disney password or like get a free trial or whatever get a subscription but watch hamilton because it's incredible and the fact that we can actually watch it not just listen to it and again uh we we can actually watch the thing happen which gives it a lot more meaning like even the line that you mentioned with king george there's a point where he says um i'll be mad i'll be blue and i and i i'm blue and he taps his foot and the light turns blue and which is so incredible for for you to see that visual it's you know it's extremely funny and i mean there there are lots of parts like that and i think one of the cool things of watching this uh shot on camera with the close up scenes that you mentioned was that i did not realize that at least i don't know if this happens during the performance but in this one during the close up of king george singing at least in the first song at one point he spits like you can see spit flying yeah. like you know he's really angry yeah. and he's he's almost sort of you know frothing at the mouth mm. and you can see that little twinge of madness combined with rage mm-hmm. and I, i i don't know if this happened during live performances of the, or if this was like a modification they did just for this um, for the close up shots but i thought it was amazing because it really sells the emotion hmm. and also i i did not realize how theater could be just so um, so intense you know like <laughs> yeah. people spit and stuff like wow okay that's that for me that starts crossing like some lines but <laughs> it was it was really cool the the acting is incredible but uh, i did read that the actor who plays king george uh, does have a thing where he's when he's live on stage he sweats a lot and he does spit a lot but i mean uh-huh. I, i'm pretty sure like because of the entire way that theater is you have to project your voice and because again this is intense stuff that is that is being said um and along yep. with the acting and all of that i'm sure that it it helps uh like i'm sure it does result in a lot of um fluids um yeah. but yeah but i just want to get to uh, a couple of things one is uh yeah i just want to complete my thought which is just get the subscription and just re- just watch hamilton because it's incredible um and if you do want to dive into some a rabbit hole and spend a week of your life uh, researching this thing go to genius.com again not sponsored at all but like email us if you want to sponsor us <laughs> um anyway the the point is go to genius.com we'll put a link in the show in the show notes but um, you can go there and you can go through you can literally click on every line of the lyrics for every song and you can find like a bunch of stuff written and the lyrics and a bunch of the stuff is verified by uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda the guy who wrote the play and yeah uh, there's also some ba- behind the scenes stuff by Adam Savage from Mythbusters uh, he got to go to the San Francisco tour uh, behind the scenes and he got to actually play around with some of the props and see how the stuff works and that was really incredible because i had not realized the number of mics that they use and they use a lot of them because all of the 
all of the even the ensemble cast like they all have to be mic'd up because they also have a lot of lines that they say and uh, it's incredible like the entire mixing process the the mics and like just the way the mics are all hooked up like if you see close up in in some of the close up shots you'll see that the mics are placed inside in their hair for some of most of the yeah. characters for like for king george it's in his crown for um for aaron burr he just has because he has short hair they just have him like a like a thing connected to his ear but yeah it, it that uh, the adam savage uh, videos are also quite cool because you get to see um, the actual plays uh, the actual props and the actual you know the behind the scenes stuff that happens one of my favorite pieces of prop about uh, especially like now that i know that they've used it is the the rotating floor and i love the way that they've used it it also it also connects back to like in in many songs they have the sound of discs scratching like mm-hmm. you know like like a turntable yeah and it it is it's a really nice reminder to that but it's also a really cool way of showing progress in time mm-hmm. yeah. as well as rewinding which is one of the songs and that in like i really really like that song but oh dude beyond the the musical and lyrics of it when i watched it happen mm-hmm. the the choreography the position of different characters along the song the and i'm sure like i haven't watched it enough to know whether it's accurate but i'm sure that they mapped it out in such a way that when the song goes rewind they are at the like positions that they were previously in time in the in the previous song basically yeah and the way they connect those kind of dots which which are like basically they tell one story from the perspective of Elizabeth Schuyler first the first time that she met Alexander Hamilton mm-hmm. and their introduction and then they tell that same story from the perspective of Angelica Schuyler who is the one who introduces the two of them and do and to get to that point to get to the same starting point again tell the same story from a different perspective they they say rewind and they rewind the whole rotating floor and people move it it was so amazing to see that concept where yeah if you didn't have the floor you could just have people moving to different points you know hmm. in physical space on the stage but to have the whole thing rotating in a different direction yeah uh, that was that was something that got to me very much and then yeah. they they've used it really nicely in other parts as well where you have people mm-hmm. say for example walking on the street and you mm. can have different parts of the table moving at different speeds and you can pass lamps in a in a way that you might on a street you can mm-hmm. have different conversations as well as people moving away and moving towards the characters without basically they they stand still on the disc on the floor but mm-hmm. because the floor is moving you can have them come closer and further apart and that again you have significance added to that oh yeah that that was incredible i have no idea whether other uh, whether this is like something that was sort of invented 
for this musical or whether this has been used before, like something similar has been done before, but mm. it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I think it's, it's use in rewind is just absolutely just perfect for the way it is. And also for a lot of the things where they just slowed down, like there are a couple of moments where there are just bullet time effect, like the one in matrix where a bullet just slows yeah. down to a, halt and you see all of this stuff um, he'll stop eating it it's really annoying when I'm editing <laughs> uh, but yeah when, when, when there's slow motion it's it's really really fun to see all of that stuff happening in, and I'm, I'm sure it just adds the whole dynamic process when you're actually in stage and it it makes it far more um, sort of active and dynamic than it would be just to have like a flat stage and since you have mentioned rewind i would like to say that uh renee goldberry i think is her name is just absolutely incredible i have heard that song a million times and i have been brought mm-hmm. to tears every time like there's one note that she goes on there's this one line um and like when she's singing like at least now when you can see it like all her all her nerves and veins in her neck are just like she's singing at the top of her voice and it's 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 incredible the kind of performances that these guys have given are i mean immense of the best caliber i remember telling you just before like even even before i'd seen it even just when i was listening to it and recommending every living soul um had to listen to hamilton I saw the like you could hear the performances and you can like they're they're absolutely incredible like all of the main cast is absolutely brilliant like I feel like um, Aaron Burr the guy who plays Aaron Burr Leslie Odom Jr. um, is brilliant Um, especially some of his uh, songs which are like I have a list of my favorite songs and I think some of his songs are really 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 impactful Uh, like probably even more than uh, for Hamilton like um, there's Wait For It which is just just immense and also his songs that uh, the one song that he writes to his daughter and then Hamilton joins in later and speaks to his son and it's it's incredibly beautiful Rene Goldberry is also brilliant um, especially that line in um, in Helpless um, yeah in in that song there's this line that goes insatisfied sorry uh, there's this line that goes um, doesn't mean I want him any less and just her voice and her expression in that thing is just I mean acting gold and I think she did win a Tony like Hamilton has got 11 Tonys uh, <laughs> I mean which is incredible and it also got the Pulitzer Prize for drama like the book version of it and yeah and it's the first album to ever receive a five star review on billboard.com I mean it's wow. just incredible all of the performances and also like I what I really liked is that in the in the visual now that you can see it David Diggs the guy who plays Lafayette and um, what's his name Jefferson he is really cool mm-hmm. like I really want to be friends with that guy he, he's just so relaxed and chill and uh, he's just a he's just like a fun guy to watch I love this thing so much man so th- there's another thing that I wanted to mention and I, I and I think I've told you this before but I like 
like uh, I have mentioned this that I have wanted like f- for as long as I have been obsessed with this play with this musical um I have wanted to do like like if and when the possibility was that I would be a film director and I would be able to um like make a a film version of this and I was like when i when i first saw the first trailer or like the first teaser like a few weeks ago when they said oh the hamel film is coming and i was like oh my god my like they've made a film already i didn't know about it and uh, it, it ended up being just a, a recording of the play uh, on stage right but uh, the more I've been thinking about it for uh, I think it's been a week or so now and I've been thinking about it and I do think that it's made for this medium and um like it's not happening at least for a a good couple of decades that they will make this into a film uh but uh, into like a proper film but being that it's disney i'm sure they will remake everything a live action version of everything um yeah. but uh, so at at some point they will and if they do i would love to be in the room where it happens because i would i i really feel that um like it, it, for whatever reason i don't know what and why and how but this story has just resonated with me a lot and i have been like very clearly obsessed with it so i i have a lot of ideas of how i would want to script it and there was a point the the whole reason why i got the the lyrics and the script was so that i could st- start writing my own script version of it like for a film script but yeah. uh, for now after watching this it's on hold for at least a good while because i think uh, and i might still think about it in that terms but um i have put it on the side because they have actually done a really good job um i think thomas kale who's the director has done a really good job with um making the transition from a film from a theater to something that you watch on a screen and that that's really nice yeah because it it could very easily be like a static camera it would get boring but they didn't do that and they haven't gone overboard with just having close ups of everything they still have the big movements so you can still see the big yeah. stuff happening but you can also see um like when it's important you can see the the close ups and again one of my, my one of my favorite songs um but in satisfied when they do the whole rewind thing and when they're doing all of that you actually they actually use a lot of film techniques which is they have a lot of camera angles so they actually do do a lot of cutting around from one angle to the other like just incredibly quickly which is the way you would do it in a film and uh they're very um mm-hmm. careful and very clean throughout where they have very few cutting around but in this scene they just completely go judicious with the cuts and that really heightens the emotion and i really felt that the second time because i mean they've they've, they've actually done a really good job of make of um communicating the feeling to the audience which i think um is uh, like a very difficult thing to do but they've managed it somehow i mean i think i still i would love to go see a live uh live presentation of this musical 
mm-hmm. when and if and maybe if I one day get a chance to do that. But otherwise, I think that this uh, video recording is. I think it's it's the best alternative considering all all things right now, especially yeah. the fact that we're not even leaving our houses more or less for mm. for various reasons. And I'm I'm really happy to see like so many different people are enjoying it. I've seen like on Twitter like little kids singing it, and then there's also mm-hmm. people like us who enjoy it. And yeah. I'm I'm just happy because there's. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of messages within the lyrics that that are just I don't know they're I guess they're good messages something that some things that I believe in but also in terms of like poetry this is so good this is like the 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 words the lyrics the way they've played around with it and it's not it's not a stiff you know um it's not an old school type of poetry where you have to make things rhyme and you have to sort of work on every word mm-hmm. but yet the this the 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 extent to which the rhyme schemes are maintained or the way they're kind of fluidly blended into one another is kind of amazing i mean it's it's very subtle in many many parts and sometimes different characters complete each other's rhyme schemes i mean that's quite often throughout throughout the lyrics but the way that it's executed is beautiful and i'm just happy that a lot of people are enjoying so many like i mean each song has almost comes from like a different genre of music as well mm-hmm. and there's like a little bit for everyone who enjoys some genres yeah. and maybe who doesn't enjoy another and it's it's overall it's got a nice uh, light tone which is funny enough for you to sort of enjoy it without it feeling you know dull history class lessons yeah and i would actually really recommend i would really recommend you go and uh, i'll send you the link it'll be in the show notes uh, to go and read the comments because like the comments i don't know how uh, the comments on the video the the old the old video that uh, lin manuel miranda had posted the first time that he performed it in okay, the, the white one house where he performed yeah yeah when he performed mm-hmm. alone and you you see the comments and for for something that has ended up becoming this huge cultural phenomenon in the last couple of years at least um like the comments are really old like i don't think a lot of people have watched it since or like new people have watched mm-hmm. it since so all the comments are fairly old and you see these comments from 10 years ago and people are talking about it in sort of that light of like oh i always thought history was very boring but i saw this and i saw this in school or yeah. whatever and people are like oh wait when is this album coming out and like like it it, it, it was just like you see something happen uh, you see the roots of something before it really blows up and you can still yeah. go back to that video and actually see how people were responding to it back then and it, it, it's just nice it, it feels like a, a little snippet of um, a time which was very different yeah i think there i think this really is an interesting take and i hope that more history and more uh, not just history but just boring things are converted into something that is more palatable and more sort of contemporary 
where you can you can look back or you can look at different topics and concepts through a lens that is very on one hand very unrelated on another it is almost intertwined hmm. so i i hope that the this play gets a lot more audience and that people sort of like the ideas presented through it and i also hope that like we have stuff like this happening in like marathi theater yeah yeah or in like indian cinema because if if we can do stuff like that, can, i mean yes there are good parts of um, classical music and uh, classical theater that exist unfortunately again i am not enough into any of it to know those but i also feel like that is partly what deters me from going to a marathi play because i don't really know any of that i don't know the historical context when it was written mm-hmm. i don't know the the music styles that they're using and how they're important or how they're hard to sing and at the same time there's like enough things happening right now that could be blended together to create an experience that draws me in with one thing and teaches me another i always like those experiences i find they're more rewarding than a simple educational experience yeah i really hope that stuff like this happens just everywhere and we get to see it and yeah especially because i think india has a, a very um an old tradition of theater and it's actually extremely unique uh like the indian storytelling format is extremely unique especially in theater and um it's something that I, it, what has happened is for whatever historical reasons uh, that we won't get into um a lot of indian theater even today is um sort of based like the structure the the foundation is sort of very classical uh, western european kind of a structure and right. there's very little actually that um is done in the indian format and um if again we're doing any more recommendations there's a movie called utsav um which does an indian format but again it's not a play it's a movie but i would love to see stuff like that happen in theater in india and i think in general i feel like we should have a lot more art forms um and everyone should get good exposure and yeah just good things but uh, yeah i i'm really i'm really glad that this um film was made and people like us can have a a new level of appreciation for this thing and other people for the uninitiated i think this is a more accessible way to see hamilton rather than just listening to it and yeah i'm 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 happy i hope that uh, whoever's listening either has seen and watched it or and heard it and if not i hope that we've inspired them to go and give it a shot